Hello and welcome back to Green About Media, the podcast where corporate sustainability expert Ara Almada and myself look into the concepts surrounding sustainability and specifically how it relates to the digital corporate world. We've already gone over a bit about what it means to be sustainable and the difference between corporate social responsibility and the newer concept of environmental sustainable and governance, as well as the different scopes through which we can better measure our impact on the environment both in our personal and professional lives. And if you missed those first two episodes, I highly recommend that you jump back so that you're up to speed for this one. Because today we're talking all about the digital carbon footprint. Does it even have one? And is digital, by its very nature, just more sustainable? By now, most of us are aware of the concept of a carbon footprint, the size of the carbon mark that we leave on the environment both as an organisation or a country and as an individual, but the term digital carbon footprint is a concept that's only now becoming more widely recognised. So let's define what we mean by digital carbon footprint. A digital carbon footprint refers to the emissions created through the use of our digital lives, our devices, the internet and the systems that support them. As we discussed in the last episode, human activity is responsible for our current climate crisis, and believe it or not, the use of digital devices and services are actually a major contributor, despite this clean illusion of digital that most people, including myself before starting this project, assume. Digital is not in fact carbon-free, rather far from it. I think the clean illusion comes from the fact that CO2 and other greenhouse gases are invisible and they don't smell, so it's harder to see their impact and manage it. Whereas with waste, the opposite is true. Uh, When you see piles of plastic, cardboard, or simply just trash piling up, you tend to do something about it. Um, But because there's no smoke coming out of our keyboards or there's not the typical... Um, smoky chimney coming out of the data center, I think we don't realize nor take it as serious as we should. There's no doubt that the internet has revolutionized the way that we work, making access to information as easy as pushing a button. But most of us rarely think about the energy needed to maintain a global network of telecommunications. Nor do we spare much thought for the vast data centres around the world that manage the massive traffic that we produce 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A quarter of global carbon emissions comes from generating electricity. As you might guess, the internet uses quite a great deal of it. Exactly how much, again, is still open for debate. There are some stats that say the internet is responsible for around 10% of the world's energy usage, uh, much of which is sourced from fossil fuels, and websites are a significant contributor to this consumption. Also, keep in mind that digital technologies do exist beyond the definitions of the internet. For example, your printer, your portable hard drives, USB cables. Yes, cables. All of this equipment. Without a doubt, the environmental impact of digital is a current challenge. Also, because it goes beyond carbon emissions. Many of the times we need precious metals. We need to mine them 
And of course, mining takes up fresh water. We're also polluting our water and our lands. These impacts are significant and they're mainly due to the manufacturing process of the equipment that we use to power our digital services and products. In fact, the vast majority, approximately 80% or so, of digital's carbon footprint can be attributed to the manufacturing and distribution of the equipment itself. That means our digital services, products and accessories have a carbon history long before we even touch them. For example, when you buy a new smartphone that requires a USB cable for charging, that cable's carbon emissions, as well as the charger and the packaging, are part of the product's overall embodied footprint. The remaining 20% comes from the energy required to use the product or service during its lifetime. While this 20% may seem like a worthless distraction in the face of a hefty 80%, As our usage of digital technology continues to accelerate over time, a continuous growth of unconscious wasted energy consumption could swing the balance. Sometimes digital transformation is seen as key to slowing down global warming. But when you think about it, the data that we use is increasing and all this computing power to process and create this data needs to run by something. And... As I mentioned earlier, up to now, this has predominantly been energy used from fossil fuels. Data centers worldwide today consume around 1% of global electricity. A great deal of this energy is turned into heat, and the heat needs to be removed through cooling, which again is another major consumer of energy. It's kind of a vicious circle. Some researchers expect these digital tech emissions to increase further as the global economy continues to digitize and advanced AI and machine learning demand even more computational power. Computing power demands are now doubling approximately every two months compared with every 24 months prior in 2012. So how much does digital contribute globally to carbon emissions? It's funny to me when people think that just because we're digital it's green And I think most people find it shocking when I say that the internet is responsible for around 4% of global carbon emissions. And the aviation industry, which currently we talk a lot about it, and it's seen as the bad guy, is around 2.8%. So, I mean, think about it. Just think about the internet activity from our phones tablets, smart TVs, Internet of Things at home, plus all the computers in the office and the power used by data centers and transmission networks. So, of course, the output is huge. It's enormous. And the reality is that we're all players in it. We're all connected all the time or online for the most part of our day. Internet traffic has tripled in the last few years. Streaming video and audio are the biggest drivers of the explosive growth, making up almost two-thirds of global internet traffic. Online gaming is also growing at a rate of 20% per year. Netflix and YouTube combined represent more than 50% of internet traffic at peak times in North America. Average website is responsible for around 2 to 2.5 grams of CO2. Carbon emissions. Heavy websites can even go up to 7 to 8 grams of CO2 every time someone visits a web page. With roughly 50,000 monthly page views, the average website produces over one ton of CO2 per year. The Scientific Advisory Board at the Eco-Friendly Web Alliance, EFWA, 
has worked out that in order for a website to be considered green, it can emit no more than one gram of CO2 per page view. Some websites receive a lot more traffic than that. Say, with under half a million monthly page views, you're looking at the average website producing an estimated 10 tonnes of CO2e per year. As the world, especially the big developing countries in Africa and Asia, increase their access to the internet, this number is only going to increase, with some projecting it will double even within a few years. Another big contributor to digital's carbon footprint is the one related to the disposal of all those electronic devices we need for digital work, and this is called e-waste. Our equipment, our computers, smartphones, etc. contain toxic metals, and when we no longer want them and we just throw them out, they do have a real impact and pose serious problems to our soil, our water, our air. According to a recent report published by the United Nations, there's around 50 million tons of e-waste being thrown out each year. That's like throwing away 800 laptops a second. The worst is that this figure is projected to double by 2050 if we don't do something about it. And yet the irony is that virtually all electronic waste contains some form of recyclable material. That includes materials like plastic, glass and metals, which is why they may be considered obsolete or junk to us, but they still serve an essential purpose. It's just ironic in some ways that these devices are called e-waste since they're not waste at all, but in far too many instances they are simply thrown away. Worldwide, more than 80% of electronic waste is not recycled via proper channels. So, what about the cloud? This light and fluffily named thing makes us feel like all our data is magically stored over our heads, far from the polluting factories and practically part of nature itself, right? You could say today that the modern factory is the cloud. It's a series of massive concrete buildings connected by wires around the world and sometimes even plugged directly into old power stations. However, as people become more aware of these issues and are starting to take them more seriously, organizations are beginning to respond and make significant steps towards solving or at least lessening the impact of these problems. The biggest cloud companies have long-term plans to run their data centers entirely on renewable energy. For example, Google, which aims to reach that goal by 2030, has been working with wind and solar companies early to employ renewable energy at its data center sites as well as signing on to power purchase agreements that help fund clean energy projects. A number of major brands have taken big steps to green their cloud and are committed to 100% renewable energy, such as Apple, who already claims uses 100% renewable energy and is committed to be 100% carbon neutral for its supply chain and products by 2030. Microsoft has committed to becoming carbon negative by 2030. It will reduce its carbon emissions by more than half by then and remove the rest. They also pledge to offset all historical emissions by 2050. Facebook has committed to reaching net zero emissions across its value chain in 2030 and also claims it's already using 100% renewable energy since 2020. Anything we can do to reduce carbon emissions is important, no matter how small, and that includes how we behave on the internet. Here are a few examples. We can totally alter the way we use our gadgets to be able to cut down as much as possible our digital carbon footprints. 
One of the easiest ways is to switch the way we send messages by simply stopping unnecessary things such as thank you emails. We could collectively save a lot of carbon emissions. If every adult in the UK sent one less thank you email, it could save 16,000 tonnes of carbon a year. The equivalent of 3,000 diesel cars being taken off the road. Another tricky area could be seen as internet searching. According to Google's own figures, an average user of its services, for example, someone who performs 25 searches each day, watches 60 minutes of YouTube, has a Gmail account and accesses some of its other services, produces under 8 grams of CO2 per day. But multiply that with all of the users, so it's still quite a lot. Now, this is an interesting pro-digital wrinkle, but regardless of the search engine we use, using the web to find information is more sustainable than browsing in books. In fact, a paperback's carbon footprint is around 1 kilo CO2e, while a weekend newspaper accounts for between 0.3 and 4.1 kilos, making reading the newspaper online significantly more environmentally friendly than poring over a paper. And Ara has some other suggestions to help you reduce your own digital footprint. I think we should all hold on to our devices as long as we possibly can. If we can get them repaired, that's the best before we buy a new one. And if it's really no longer working, then please, please, please don't forget to recycle it properly. Again, there's a lot of companies now that are specializing in recycling the e-waste. Um, so I think we should all make efforts and take those phones out of our drawers, our old computers, and take them to one of these centers or find out uh, in some cities there are being collected. And that totally helps. Another tip is to actually go directly to the websites that you want rather than using a search engine. There are lots of websites that you visit on a regular basis and you already know the name. So either bookmark them or just type directly the website that you want. And then another big one, which we don't realize, is killing the vampire power. When plugged in but powered down, computers continue to draw energy. And this is vampire power. I know many of us are guilty of this, but it's something easy that we can do. And even though it doesn't seem like much, it still counts. And last but not least, one of my favorites is to clean up your email inbox. Yes, erase all unwanted and unnecessary emails that you have piling up for the longest time. And also don't forget to unsubscribe from those unwanted newsletters. So many companies and individuals assume that if you move as much online as possible, you're minimizing your emissions. It's true in some ways, but it does not mean that digital does not have an impact. And it is, as always, in so many aspects of life, and kind of the point of this podcast, really so important to be better informed. Because then we can all make these little decisions, most of which don't really negatively impact our day-to-day lives, that all add up to make a real difference. I don't think we can sit around and wait for the internet to become net zero. I think it's today's emissions that cause tomorrow's climate change. So we should all really take full responsibility and try to lower as much as possible our digital carbon footprints today. Um, Let us know what you guys are doing. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can still do. How are you reducing your carbon footprint? Or what is your company doing to reduce their digital carbon footprint? Let us know. Thank you. (laughs) 
thank you all for joining us today for Green About Media, and I hope you're able to take something other than the standard sustainability doom and gloom from this episode. This episode was produced and engineered by me, Phil McDowell, written by the ever-studious and hard-working Ara Almada. Seriously, it's just such a pleasure working with you on this Ara, even remotely. Although, since I will be in Paris in the new year working on the Digital Distillery podcast, we may just be able to get together in real life to discuss some exciting sustainability-type projects we have ideas for in 2023. Stay tuned for that. Thank you as ever to executive producer Nadia Koski, who is a calming and organised force on these projects, as I try to madly get everything together in the last few days before I head back home to Australia for the Christmas holiday. A heavy impact on my own carbon footprint, I know, and I'm looking into some proactive ways that I can help balance this out. Green About Media, as well as our other shows, will be back in the new year with new content and a few surprises. I hope you all have a lovely holiday season, and I look forward to having you all back with us in 2023.